let me tell y'all about Ma Energy. If you haven't jumped onto the superfuel train, there's no better place to start than Ma Energy. It's specifically formulated to give gamers an edge over the competition. Their energy and focus blend gives you a sugar-free, no-crash energy boost, sharpening your perception and accelerating your reactions. I just spent $100 on this stuff because its pricing is so good and comparable to most energy fuel for gamers. There's so much energy that one small package is worth $150 of Red Bull, but it's better for you and more effective. The rewards program is easy to use, getting points for following on socials, but also for each dollar you spend. With it, you can get discounts on flavors or even a free shaker for your drinking ease. They also sell blue light glasses if you want to take better care of your gaming habits. For it to work, you need to click on the link in our description so you can use discount code MA10 and get 10% off at checkout. If you want to get 10% off, be sure to click on the link in our description and use discount code MA10. In this episode, it's just me, sharing with you all my spiritual story, from when I first prayed the prayer to the spiritual growth I received just this week. Tune into the episode that comes out in a week to hear the discussion about this episode, but in the meantime, let's get it. My story begins with a pretty clear stereotype. I was born and raised into a Christian family, and when I turned seven years old, I gave my life to Christ, praying the prayer under a blanket in the middle of a living room because I didn't want anyone to see me. It was quite conventional, I was baptized shortly after, and I had a a very surface-level understanding and commitment to Christ. When I was growing up, I saw my parents were super happy. They always managed to hide their fights from us kids, which I didn't know at the time, and seeing the happiness, I began to think that the key to happiness must be a good relationship. My heart began shifting towards a pretty destructive view about where I could get my self-worth and where it would find happiness and fulfillment. Right about when I was 13 is when I truly came face-to-face with the reality of the gospel. I realized that I had been a sinner, but transformed by God's power, and I realized that I needed to not necessarily change anything about myself, but to begin pursuing God and the life he had for me. I know God has marriage for me in the future, but... Back then, I was all too ambitious to find that Mrs. Wright as soon as I could. I went from relationship to relationship, each one getting more serious and closer, each one I would have my self-worth and happiness in and from. I had finally thought that I found the one when I was a freshman in high school. That relationship lasted for six months, which to me was a very long time. And it ended when one day she called me and I realized not only was I giving her the attention that God deserved, but she was soaking it up and taking it all from me. That's when I tell her that I can't do this anymore. And that was a really tough breakup. But whenever a relationship ends and then the girl gets super angry and manipulative, I know I made the right decision. Uh, So I spent about three years after that as a totally single man trying to improve myself uh, so that I could be ready for marriage when I felt the calling. But I'm going to back up a bit, and I'll come back to relationships soon, but I first need to talk about those late night drives with Noah. When I started TAG in Philida Bible Church, I think I was in eighth grade, um, and we had TAG on on Tuesdays, but every Monday, 
Noah had to drop his brother off for tag pretty much like right next to my house, like half a mile away. Uh, and then in a few hours, he would have to pick his brother back up. So it just kind of made sense that Noah and I would hang out because what, what's Noah going to do? Drive back home and then drive back in one hour. doesn't really give him any time. So we would hang out. We would spend hours on end with each other each week, just he and I. And those weeks were fundamental in my spiritual growth. That's where I learned that I was able to experience joy in my pain. I could laugh in my tears. I could help Noah when I myself needed to be poured into. Every single week, Noah and I pushed each other more towards God, and we grew closer to each other because we were getting closer to God. And one night especially, I won't forget. We always had a tendency to get into tough conversations. Uh, I had begun the conversation with Noah about how I didn't believe I was a trustworthy or good person. And he quietly but firmly disagreed with me, telling me he trusted me with his life and the lives of everyone he loved. And to this I responded that he shouldn't, and he was wrong to trust me so much. But the next morning he told me he had a dream where I didn't show up to my own wedding because I had worn that identity as a name tag. My own lack of trust in myself had been counteractive to one of the greatest joys. And that's just one example of the many times we would hang out, the, the many times he ministered into my life. And there, there's also that infamous Great Puddle story. Uh, and to this day, there are rumors that it still holds a, a piece of Noah's car tire. But there's also times we would drive up mountains, we would drive across town, we just drove every which way and direction. And I learned very quickly that God could be with you and your friends in a car. I didn't realize it back then, but I would take that lesson with me for the rest of my life. And of course, Noah and I would see each other and we would hang out at church on Sundays. And something that was really difficult for me about Sunday school uh, was the lack of firm leadership. Because whoever was giving the message after we had broken up into just high school would let the kids talk all they wanted and and, and uh, the leader was effectively walked over by the crowd. And I really wanted to learn about Jesus and and I would get a little angry. I would get a bit heated as my peers were being incredibly disrespectful and it was costing all of us a greater chance to connect with God and with each other. It got progressively worse and worse until one week I decided I just couldn't take it anymore. And Noah and I agreed to skip it, pursuing God on our own. And man, that was tough because Malia was most often the leader, and it meant not having her as part of our group because of how the mornings were being led. There was no environment for spiritual growth. I couldn't really change it from within because of its chaotic nature. And throughout the next few years, I visited once or twice more to see if it had changed or maybe if I could still grow there, but alas, it was to no avail. And this left my spiritual growth to come mainly through tag nights. And at the end of each tag night, all of us would talk about how we felt connected to God that week, and how we were reading our Bible, and how well we prayed that week. And one night, I remember this very vividly, I said, you know what, I felt really connected to God this week. And then our tag leader, bless his heart, responded to me by saying, Kai, you just told us there was no Bible reading and no prayer. 
you weren't connected with God. And then that's a moment where I had to come to grips against this legalistic definition of what being spiritually connected was. Because the truth of the matter is, I really did feel connected to God that week, despite my lack of Bible reading and lack of prayer. And I wasn't quite ready to to argue with that legalistic standpoint. Uh, Yet our tag group was the only successful tag group of our generation. We bonded, we were close to each other, we were all pursuing God. But that means that there were so many other high schoolers who didn't have the zone to go to and didn't do well in tag. So the church effectively canceled tag and created a separate group for them called Voyage. Much like the zone, they would meet every week, but on a Thursday, there was a bit of food, active games, then worship, and a message. And it was awful. At least in my experience. None, none of the group seemed to bond. Nobody even sang during the worship, making it just the leader in a really awkward, closely knit circle. And the message actually had potential for the beginning believer. Uh, but all in all, not a super exciting night to go to. And because I didn't feel like it would foster my growth, I didn't really ever go beyond the beginning, opening, however many weeks. But like with Sunday school, there were times I would revisit and see if it had changed and see if I could experience spiritual growth there, but no luck. Now when senior year of high school hit, one class I was taking was a worldview class, and there was a lot of studying of every worldview from nihilism to postmodernism to existentialism, you name it. But this was the class that brought my knowledge of faith into the passion of my faith, and I was learning with a number of like-minded peers who were also in pursuit of God just as I was. And I cannot stress how awesome it was to go through senior year and realize that Like, I'm not alone. I have other people my age who are so devoted to God like I am. And it was was just amazing for me. Now, senior year brings us to a real issue in tag. Because tag doesn't go on in the summer. And when we finished summer just before senior year, we didn't have a leader anymore. So the oldest member of our tag group decides he'll be the leader of tag. And we would all go over to his house and meet up. We all get there. And when Noah volunteers to share first, he dumps it all on the table. Life sucks, can't focus, stress, busy, I'm leaving tag. Boom. For four guys who've met up every single week for four years, this was a huge bombshell. That Noah wouldn't be joining us anymore. And that night in tag, every single one of us cried talking about our own uh, parts of life and where we were at. And oddly enough, that was the most effective night of tag by far. I didn't realize it uh, that night, but this was going to be the worst season of tag we've ever had. Uh, I never had like a go off to camp and experience God uh, tradition like Noah did. He'd do it every for the whole summer, every summer. Uh, but I did every summer go to a one week thing called Men's Roundup. And this was basically a guys being manly and godly type camp out that lasted about four days. Each year I went to it, I loved it, Uh, and one year our pastor said he wanted someone young to lead the discussion for the next night, and I volunteered because I felt the Holy Spirit pulling me into it, and I didn't really know what was going to happen, but I knew I wanted to see it. So after listening to the message by the speaker that night, I still had no idea what I was going to ask as far as discussion questions go, 
Uh, but I knew I didn't want to take the questions that were provided, and I was supposed to seek the right discussion from the Holy Spirit. So when we got into the wrap-up session, I opened up with some heavy hitters about how we perceive those in our friend circles, how we deal with judgment and stress, who we receive happiness from. I don't remember all of it, but I I brought a group of manly men to get real with their emotions, some to the point of crying, and we all opened up huge to each other that night. And after I led that message, two important conversations took place that I haven't forgotten yet. One, the father of one of my tag guys asked uh, asked me what us dudes were doing tomorrow. And I said, I don't know, right? He responds with, but you're the leader. And that took me off guard a little bit uh, because, you know, I was actually like the youngest one there and whatnot. Uh, and after voicing my disbelief, he said, hey man, after you led a message like that, there's no way you aren't the leader. And that's when I realized that I was kind of a step above my peers when it came to spiritual awareness, and that I was fit to be a leader. And all throughout my life, I've felt personally called to be a leader, but I was rarely affirmed by people or by opportunity that I had the ability. So it meant a lot to me at the time that he recognized I was a leader, and that's what I'm called to be. Now, the second important conversation was from Pastor who asked me to join his small group. And there was nobody in the group even close to my age, which told me that I was recognized for the spiritual maturity that I had displayed in leading the discussion that night, and that I was wanted. It was this small group that ultimately would replace TAG for me. And when I began, I was going to the small group, I knew I, I, knew I had fit right in, and I went on to lead a message or two in that group as well, uh, but right now I'm going to talk a bit more about the decline of TAG. As I mentioned earlier, with Noah gone, the oldest member of TAG was self-declared as the leader of our TAG group, and every week looked something like this. 1. We get to his house. We head to his room, because his family's home and he starts up his computer and invites us to play, uh, and eventually I'll say yes because... You know, I feel bad for his poor planning, and at least I want them to have fun, and I choose to make him feel as though this wasn't a boring endeavor. Uh, And then two, all of us would have sufficiently wasted enough time playing video games and talking minimally about where our lives were at, and someone looks at the clock and realizes we probably only have like 15 minutes left. Then three, we begin actual discussion, while someone is still playing on the computer, about spiritual accountability. And then four, we hang out a little bit late and go home, having had no actual biblical discussion or spiritual pursuit, and I'm left wondering if we should still call it tag if this is the real result of if the real result is just us hanging out. And this was pretty awful, I'll be honest. My heart so desperately wanted to have authentic connection with those guys about the real God, just like Noah and I so often did in his car. Um and after missing out on so much potential spiritual growth from the church as it was I was starting to lose interest in anything having to do with the youth ministry. The youth ministry, however, was actually the reason this tag house meeting was so bad. I was never a part of Zone, so I didn't know it all that well, but apparently in order to help out in the Zone, there's some rule where you have to be part of a weekly thing. I don't really know that rule very well, but it came to came clear to me eventually because when I mentioned how I might not go one of the next weeks, the leader says, the, the leader, quote-unquote, of our tag said, you know, I'd really appreciate it if you could, because otherwise this guy and I are going to have to go to Voyage. And that's when it clicked in my head. Oh, my word. The only reason they're pushing so hard for this weekly group is so that they don't have to go to Voyage. 
And that's why we're meeting the bare minimum of spiritual requirements. That's why it feels so forced. That's why I'm not the one leading. And they need me because otherwise it'd be just the two of them. And that doesn't count as a community meeting. Hmm. If I was the one in charge and I should have stepped up and taken it, I think I could have brought authentic change into the group. I believe I was more equipped for leading, but I don't think the guys would have taken too kindly to it because they really just wanted to mess around and hang out. Uh, So I ended up quitting the group. And shortly after Noah got married, by the way, still super proud of that speech I gave. Shameless compliment. Uh, When Noah was married, I started having weekly meetups again with him and his wife. The main purpose wasn't, you know, to talk about God, but each night we definitely pulled God into the conversation and I knew I was growing through it. And that's something I've always loved about hanging out with Noah and Malia, that we thoroughly enjoy talking about God and God remains the center of our hearts, even in trying to grow our relationships with each other. Granted, it eventually came to an end. Uh, Actually, right about when the podcast began is probably when that stopped. But from that point, my spiritual growth was mainly in those weekly small groups I was a part of. And now I'm just going to side caveat. If you are like a hugely committed listener to the podcast, then you've probably listened to A Comrade's Journal. This is right about the time where that story takes place. I'm not really going to go back into that because I've done it already. Uh, Just know that it really does fit into my spiritual growth and it goes here. And I've also done a lot more processing since then. Yeah. Um, okay, this next part is kind of difficult to fit chronologically because it just spans all of it, but, uh, here comes a very significant portion of my spiritual growth. So when I was 14, I found out there was this type of car that existed called a Geo Metro. And when I looked it up and looked up all I could do, I was kind of blown away because it's super small. It's super cheap. It's a stick shift, and it has really, really good gas mileage, and I like, you know, keeping my money. So it's cute and zippy, and I kid you not, it was like three days later that a family I knew who was moving to Texas said they needed to sell their Geo Metro, and God gave me exactly what I wanted the moment before I asked for it. So I looked online to see how much it was worth, and the results said about $500. (laughs) So for a 14-year-old... Money in general is kind of hard to come by, uh, but God was good about giving me a good sense of like money habits and saving habits. So I actually had about $300 in the bank. Um, I gave him $600 for the car because the family needed some money and I couldn't bear to just spend $500 on such a beauty. Uh, so the rest of that summer, I worked on the house, building a walk-in closet for my mom from scratch, trying to pay off the... in in encroaching $350 of debt for my beautiful little car. Uh, This little miracle car has broken down, you know, once or twice, but every time it gets messed up, I'm under that hood fixing it. And uh, I said earlier how it was with Noah that I realized God can join me in my car. And this car, to me, is a place where I can just refocus on God. After every heartbreak, after every hard day, I I drive home in that car... And my uh, those are my grease-stained handprints on the front bumper from each time I pulled myself back up from the underside. I pray over it. Man, that small car has become a haven where I can receive comfort from God and enjoy being in His presence. All right, so this next part uh, is going to sound a little weird because I kind of just described seven years of spiritual growth and it ended in 
And like those seven years ended about six months ago. Uh, But in the last three months, I've experienced like 3.5 years worth of spiritual growth in leaps and bounds. God has been really good as he always is. He's faithful about uh, showing me what I believe about myself, what I believe about him, showing me the truth about all of it. And now I can believe the truth. So I'm kind of just going to list out pretty much everything that I've grown through in the last three and a half months and kind of show it. Um, I used to struggle frequently with how people would perceive me. And now I want to do what's right, not because of how people will see it, but because I like that I can do it. I used to believe that I didn't fit in anywhere. After spending so much time with Noah and Malia as a group of three, then they fell in love and started something that I couldn't be a part of. Then there was a similar situation in school where there were three people there who... Oh, sorry, I was part of a group of three. All of us were outcasts from our class, but then those two developed feelings for each other and I was effectively forced out of it and I didn't even fit in with those who didn't fit in. There were a number of times where I felt as though I was uncool and unattractive to women and just a lot of self-issues, but God has really shown, shown me that it doesn't matter what other people think about me because what God told me is, If someone is close to him, they're going to think I'm cool because God thinks I'm cool. And they're going to talk about me together. Interesting. Anyways, I used to struggle with seeking affection. Like if someone was unhappy, I felt it was my responsibility to make them happy. And uh, now I don't need to respond to emotional manipulation. I am responsible for my own actions and emotions, but I'm not responsible for their actions or emotions. I am not controlled by fear, but rather I am an instrument of righteousness. All right, this is the part where I talk about heart change because I kind of just explained everything up until, you know, like this week and I haven't talked about heart change yet because it, it may come as a surprise to a lot of people considering how devoted to it I am, but the truth is that I didn't really receive any significant breakthrough at heart change. Uh, there were some moments that stand out, but none which lead as the most important step in my life or, you know... Like, like most of my growth really comes outside of the workshops. Many people get a whole lot out of heart change. I'm just not one of them. There, there was this one significant workshop where I, I truly experienced the love of Christ. But at that time, I didn't choose to live it out afterwards. And it wasn't until these last three months that I can take a look. I've taken a look at what I know, what I believe, and I've applied his love to me and all of its implications. So I'm glad for that experience back then because only now am I able to fully live out the the love that I experienced then. So I'm, gr- I'm grateful that I've experienced it, but I didn't put it into practice. So it was really, anyways, uh, the community I've gotten though from Heart Change is just like one of those things I've described a, f- a few times throughout this episode, because I now have a group of people who I can just hang out with. And God is a natural part of our conversations because God's what we enjoy talking about. God has done so much in my life and in their lives. And to think about how different of a person I was just half a year ago is crazy, wild, and it feels so much longer. I've been so blessed in getting to know God the way I have. And and man, do I want to help other people get there. Uh, That pretty much brings us to where I am now. I mean, if you made it all the way through this episode, dude, I applaud you because, I mean, it was probably interesting to listen to, actually. Uh, 
and getting to hear the inner machinations of my la- my mind learning why I am who I am. Uh, just a reminder that we, as the TCC show, have committed to not talking about our stories with anyone unless you've listened to all of them. Here in just a moment, I'm going to be wrapping up this episode, and then all three of us are going to hop onto the mics, and then we're going to start recording the discussion episode. Please tune in next week to listen to it. It's going to be another deep dive, just like Noah's was. Thank you all for listening. Farewell. <laughs>